Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Castanari-King. Today, I have with me Jeff Fioravanti from Linmas. Did I say it right? Yes, it's uh, Fioravanti. But oh, Fioravanti. That's okay. it's, I'm, I'm accustomed to uh, mispronunciations. <laughs> I always used to just raise my hand in school when the teacher would come to my name. Yes. And they would usually say, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I had one of those names, too, growing up. Um, great. So you came up today from Linmas. Yeah, yep. and, and I ran into you while I met you here at the Series Gallery about a month or two Yeah, I came ago. in to see um, Judy McKenna's work right. and uh, Robin Thornell's work, two yeah. artists that I'm familiar with and friends with. And yeah. Yeah, we started talking, and you know, one thing led to another. Yeah. And uh, you talked about Robin uh, Frisella, is it? Yep. Pastelis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mentioned her, and so here we are. Here we are. Okay, great. So give me a little bit of background. I know you live in Lynn now. Is that where you grew up? I grew up in Saugus, actually, uh, okay. which is right next to Lynn. I, I only live like two and a half miles away from where I grew up. Uh. Uh, but I, <laughs> went, I went uh, to Saugus schools, um, and I'm, I'm actually in the Saugus High School Athletic Hall of Fame for oh. hockey and, and soccer. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's where I grew up and, and uh, basically... Cut my you know teeth or whatever you want to say, but yeah. I lived longer in Lynn than I ever did in Saugus. I've lived thirty yeah. plus years in Lynn. You know, um, I originally lived in Magnolia the first few years of my life, which is up in Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so tell me your earliest childhood explorations. You know, what's the earliest thing you can remember? Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, going to my family's houses my in-laws um my maternal grandparents lived in saugus my mm-hmm. fraternal grandparents lived in gloucester uh, and basically i have all brothers and when we would get rambunctious <laughs> my two brothers would be told to go read and i'd be told to go color <laughs> and draw so oh because they knew it would calm you down well they knew it's it just that's how we do. would separate each other yeah. <laughs> and uh i always had an interest in in uh in art growing up um a lot of uh, different things like, you know, from I always loved getting those Crayola boxes mm-hmm. and sitting there playing with the Crayola boxes and then the crepas and then the oak tag. Remember the oak tag paper? It was like mm-hmm. kind of smooth and it just kind of slide across on it and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, yeah. I used to like that. And um, I grew up with a family full of uh, teachers and most of them were history teachers. So mm-hmm. um, I grew up with an affection for history. My uh, interest is primarily Civil War history, and I've done a okay. lot of, of paintings. Yeah, of, I saw uh, on your website, so we'll have to get to that. Yeah, oh, historical landscapes, and nice. uh, and so it, it was uh, one of the things that attracted me to that as well was that where I grew up in Saugus, I walked by the Civil War monument all the time. Yeah, uh, the Saugus and Ironworks, which is a national historic site, was right around the corner from where I lived. Mm-hmm. So I had an appreciation for. For that aspect of like the preservation of um, these these artifacts and such, mm. and so, um, but my mother through like 
first national stores or A and P grocery stores. Oh, yeah. They had, you know, back in when I was growing up, they would have all these different promotions, and you, we got a different American Heritage Encyclopedia, yeah. you know, every week, yeah. you know, for like twelve weeks. But it was the Civil War uh, one that really attracted me, and okay. got that because it was all basically just Americans, but it was also artwork by like Winslow Homer, mm-hmm. you know, Conrad Wise Chapman, mm-hmm. Richard Brooks. Uh, so were you trying to copy some of that or emulate it? I really, I really like Homer's work. He's mm-hmm. one of the people I really like, uh, not only because of that, but because of all his paintings of like New England and mm-hmm. the seascapes and things oh, yeah. of that nature. And mm-hmm. that, that all ties to, you know, my, my father's family's from Gloucester and uh, spending a lot of times so going up, we'd go up to Gloucester to see the surf. All the time. Let's go oh, see the yeah. surf. <laughs> Love that. I usually get fried clams and watch the surf. Uh, <laughs> you know? So nothing better. Yeah. So was, so, so you, uh, what kind of mediums did you explore up through maybe say high school? Well, see, I I was never on um, in the art group growing up. I was always in the college prep group. Okay. So art to me growing up really, I used to just use colored pencils. Uh, what I said, like you know, some Crayola crowns as younger and mm-hmm. crepas. So primarily graphite and uh, I used to draw a lot of like sports themes uh, things uh, mm-hmm. because I was heavily into sports growing up and uh, so I used to the Boston Bruins in the mm-hmm. 70s when I was growing up with Stanley Cup champions and oh, yeah. so uh, I they some of them actually lived on the street behind me oh, boy. when they first like were rookies and they actually used to come out and play street hockey with us so. oh my goodness but um Lucky. so I used to I used to draw things like Heroes. that and then um, I used to use my drawing talents to basically impress girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why did you not consider that all as a career? You say because when I was growing up, um, I, you didn't. I, I really wasn't taught. You know, um, as I as I explained to a lot of people, people will come up to me and say, "Oh, I don't know how to draw." I was like, "It's not you don't know how to draw." It's, it's probably because you were never taught how to see. Mm-hmm. Like when I was growing up, you know, uh, the music teacher would come into the classroom. And they might have like a couple of sticks that you could bang together and a tambourine. Yeah. And you, you, they weren't given like violins or, <laughs> uh, you know, here's an oboe. Here, you play the sax over there. Yeah. You know, and they would talk about, you know, the different, um, the, how the melody works and, and things and, and such like that. And you, you would leave there like saying, well, music's hard. But when the art teacher would come in, they would usually say, okay, we're going to draw a Halloween picture today. And you got 30 kids and four or five. They didn't talk about positive, negative space right. or how to see things. Right. So as I always say to people, you know, it's like, it's not that you can't draw it. You have never been taught how to see. So, right. um, you know, it, it's it's kind of, we weren't taught about other artists either. Okay. You know, yeah. so to me, it was just like, okay, we're going to go draw this. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, even though art was always a part of me and I would spend time <laughs> um, at my house, you know, in quiet moments drawing on my own, it never was really anything. So mm. really when I was first coming out of school, I was going to go into being a teacher because that's what my family was a lot of teachers. My mother was a teacher, mm. but they instituted Prop 2 and a half in Massachusetts mm. at that time and teachers were getting laid off left and right. So I went and got a business degree. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, and that's what you've done. Yeah. But so you kept your art all these years. How did you keep it alive? Uh, it I, that I've kept it alive. It's kept me alive a lot of okay, times. Okay, yeah, you know? no, that's great. <laughs> so tell uh, us the process. How did that happen? Really, uh, did you 
continue through college? Uh, do work well, I actually, uh, I didn't really do much work in college. Uh, I actually uh, started playing music. I took seven years of guitar lessons. Ah. <laughs> and again, to, to impress girls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, you see a pattern there. Uh, but um, yeah, but I, I continued to draw here and okay. there and, and such. But still not but, exploring things. No, not until actually, um, my my wife went back to school. My she's passed away, you know, five and a half years ago. But uh, when we were first married, we both graduated with business degrees, and she went back to school nights to get a second degree in accounting. Okay. And while she was at school, it's like, what the heck am I going to do sitting around the house, you know, and such. And my aunt uh, up in Gloucester had been taking art classes. Okay. Um, she actually modeled for the art teacher and it's basically compensation. The art teacher right. would, would give her, gave her initially some like classes and then my aunt continued up with it. So visiting up there, I saw what my aunt was doing. I said, huh, that's something I could do. Yeah. I'll just like pick that up. So I started taking a class with uh, an artist named Phil Perkins. He had a house in... I'm dying over here. (laughs) All choked up about this story. (laughs) He he had a house in in Linfield, which was only a couple of towns over. He had a gallery up in Gloucester uh, on the Rocky Art Association. He had a summer place, a winter place rather, down in in Florida. So I started taking pastel lessons with him because that's what my aunt was taking. My aunt was studying pastel. I'll take pastel as well. I see. Got it. So that's Fine. where I started with. I mean, when I was growing up, my mother used to take uh, an adult class. They used to have adult classes, and she took oil painting. Yeah. You know, uh, there. I like that. But uh, like I said, I, I was busy with sports, and I used to just draw for fun. Yeah. Uh, and she did it for, I think, relaxation. Mm. But uh, and she was actually pretty good. Uh, but um, anyway, I started with Phil Perkins, and then I'm when he kind of like moved away more permanently, I started taking lessons with Ruth Hagstrom, which is who my aunt was taking lessons from. Okay. And it was still, I mean, I was in local art associations and, you know, you you get like a third place here, maybe a second place there, Mm -hmm. or an honorable mention. And then uh, one day I decided to enter a pastel in a a national show and it got accepted Mm -hmm. out in Kansas City. And then I entered another pastel in another show but it, it was like an all media show at the Springfield Art Museum and that got accepted and I said huh, <laughs> maybe I could do something with this <laughs> another new pattern of developing <laughs> yeah <laughs> I could do something with this nice so so you, how long did you stick with pastel I see on your website you still you're that's that's my primary medium primary, it is uh, still okay. in part because uh I I still I work you know as uh-huh. they say I work for a living I, <laughs> I work as I work as a desktop support analyst which is basically the complete opposite of being an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all technical and things. But in some ways, it's it's related because it's it's always something that's changing. And in the art world, I mean, you, you know, just from painting plain air, mm-hmm. the light is always changing. Mm-hmm. And there's always something different going on in the mm-hmm. IT world. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I do that and, um, you know, and, and continue to work. So pastel, because I can just open them up, yeah. you know, and I don't have to sit there and, Basically, okay, let me squeeze out all my paints, yeah, okay. okay, and like, let me mix them up. Like, so do you go out plein air? I do. I do you, go out plein air. Matter of fact, I have some pieces here that uh, ah. I'm going to drop off at the N.W. Barrett Gallery. Oh, nice. uh, they're doing a plein air show that, of which I'm participating. They, they just actually took me on as an artist right yeah, a yeah. few weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. So they have five of my other pieces there, and now I'm going to drop off four plein air pieces. Excellent. 
Well, congratulations. We'll see you around town more often. I was around town <laughs> quite often anyway, wasn't I? You know, because I belong to the Pastel Society in New Hampshire and because of I belong to the New Hampshire Art Association. Okay. So I oh, come up, you know, fairly quick, uh, often anyway. Realize. Okay, great. Yeah. Wonderful. So um, how did you get into oils? What made you try them out? Uh, it, it's just um, just to, to explore and see what they're like. And mm-hmm. really, you apply them a lot, like, you know, um, like pastels. And But I had a gallery at one time kept saying, when are you going to do oils? When are you going to do oils? Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, okay, huh. I'll try them out. I mean, they're fun. It's just, it's, it's more, uh, like I said, the pastels are more immediate. It just, uh, I have to sit down and really like say, okay, I got to like take like so many hours to like those mediums because I really like watercolor. And I know several pastel artists that use watercolor a lot to do their underpaintings right. on and right. then just overlay the pastel on oh, it. Nice. And I really, I always used to like gouache as now, well. Now, do you, I have to ask about the pastels because I have issues with touching them. Do you wear gloves? I wear a, a surgical glove. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. And do you have any kind of ventilation? I know some people I don't, but I know some people do. Like... They, I mean, some people put on hazmat suits and yeah. they have like oh, vacuums. No way. Yeah, I've seen some people. When they're painting. Yeah, I've seen some people and they have wow. like vacuums that vacuum the dust out their window. Yeah, I, that's um, what I've seen. I mean, but I know a lot of well-known pastelists. They don't put any gloves on. Yeah. I mean, when I first started doing I didn't because, you know, and my hands would be, you know, basically ground pigment for like days because I was always using them and you couldn't like really couldn't, couldn't get, get it out from underneath my fingernails oh my and things God. like, but now I always wear a, a surgical glove, just on the one hand, the one I use my right hand is the one I paint with. That makes sense. So um, what do you paint? What, um, what scenes and whatever speaks to me pretty much. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of, if you look at my website, I mean, I have a landscape gallery and I have a seascape gallery and then, where I talked about historical landscape, but then I have an other gallery, mm-hmm. which has like florals, a motorcycle, a hot rod. And what makes you decide to do those? It's just basically, as I said, whatever speaks to me. It's okay. just like... And you take a photo and then... Yeah, usually, yeah, a lot of them, I, I mean, everything that's, that I paint is from my own reference materials. Mm-hmm. So I've been out experiencing, you know, even though I may not get to do plein air painting as much as I would like or my time allows, Everything that I'm painting, I've been out there and experienced it. Yeah. You know, um, the do you ever do sketches? Like sure, like I'll do sketches. sketches. Yeah, I have. I'll have a sketchbook, and I've done that before. Matter of fact, I used to do that a lot more often when my daughter was really younger, mm. and I'd be taking her to cheerleading class and <laughs> things like that, or swim class. Fun. I would sit there and I would sketch like you know her little kickboard that was on the side of the pool, and you yeah. know, or flowers that would that, that would basically happen to be outside. I'd be waiting for her at the YMCA, and I'd be out in the parking <laughs> lot sketching the flowers or picking up from school. I'd be sitting there in the car sketching yeah. the skeet seagull that flew by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I usually have a sketch pad or something in the car. It's just always remember to bring it out. It's, I know. As, as, as my girlfriend Donna <laughs> could attest, it's like I just, like, go. And it's, we, I always have a camera. Yeah. You know, so. So, um, how talk about... I know you're self-taught or self-learned, as you say on your website. Um, did you find any benefit at all with um, workshops or studying with anybody along the way? Well, like I said, I, I, I studied you know some with Phil Perkins and Ruth Hagstrom, and those are the primary teachers. And I also have uh, my uh, oil painting teacher was Rob Farris. Uh, it was, okay. Yeah. So okay. I've taken so like you, classes. You yeah, see. I've taken classes. You know, and I've I mean. When I got, I mean, I might, even though my degree is in business administration, 
I worked in manufacturing, which, as you know, manufacturing jobs like just kept losing and losing. So I was always getting downsized. Mm-hmm. So I did go back one time. I was going back to a, I was going to go back and get a graphic design degree. So I did start to go back and I took some art classes like color theory and things mm-hmm. like that. Oh, okay. Um, at, at my alma mater, Salem State, uh, it was college when I graduated. Now it's Salem State University. They mm-hmm. changed them all to universities. <laughs> but uh, so I did take some classes here and there, and I, I took some life drawing classes mm-hmm. at Montserrat and at other local oh, colleges. Nice. But yeah, primarily it's basically been self taught, self observation, self teaching, okay. reading magazines, you know, reading books. I have all kinds of books, and mm. I think I have every art magazine I ever, you know. Uh, <laughs> ever bought or had subscribed to and <laughs> that I really should get rid of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. 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 But you might need something. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I look at them sometimes. I say, <clears throat> I haven't looked at that. What's that one from? <laughs> That's uh, 16 years old. I haven't <laughs> looked at that one probably since I got it. Why do I still have it? Because I might need it sometime. It's, that's kind of silly, you know. It's, yeah. So I probably should donate them to a library or to an art school or something. They mm. can use them. Fun. Okay, you talked a little bit about entering shows. Is that something you still continue to do? Yes, I do. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, uh, I have a piece right now in the Pastel Society of Maine exhibit up in uh, it's in Sacco, uh, Maine, okay. at the Sacco Museum. Um, I had a piece uh, in the IAPS Master Circle exhibit in Albuquerque back in June. I just okay. uh, dropped off a piece down for the Connecticut Pastel Society down at the the Slater Museum in Norwich, Connecticut. Wow. Um, Lots of I had a running piece. around. Yeah, it, it does. It's a, we, nice we little vacation. Yeah, well, they're not really vacations <laughs> out there. We basically, like, you know, like, uh, like two, three-hour drives, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. But we, we uh, it's funny, um, when I dropped off the painting uh, for the past, uh, Connecticut Pastel Society last weekend, I got the time wrong. Oh, for the drop <laughs> so, off. So we were like, oh boy. so <laughs> I, I had my girlfriend Donna. She came, you know, over my house real early because I had and got down there and I thought it was from 10 to 12. It was actually from 1 to 3. I was like, uh, how did I get this time wrong? Uh, but we discovered some really interesting things while we were down there. We went to, we found a waterfall. Uh, and uh, so I got some reference photos yeah, for yeah. there. And then we found a really good cheesesteak place in <laughs> Norwich, Connecticut from two. A brother, I have two cousins that came up from Philadelphia and opened up this Philly cheesesteak place. You know, it's going to get. So, see, you discover things when you make those kind of mistakes. Just like in art, you make a little mistake here and there, and it says, wow, that actually is a good mistake. Yeah. yeah. What's your greatest epiphany? Can you think of anything that has ever just a wow, something you learned along the way that was a real eye opener, or maybe something that freed you up in some way in your. I, well, I guess one thing that always stuck in the back of my head really was like when I was about 10 years old, the art teacher, I remember I was telling that the art teacher would come in and mm-hmm. like he'd spend, you know, 40 minutes doing a Halloween picture. Mm-hmm. Well, she came in and I had done this picture of like these buildings and uh, she asked my parents if um, she could take it and have it assessed for uh, <laughs> by some schools in Boston. And she came back and said that um, they would like me to start studying there. But mm-hmm. my parents thought it over, but mm-hmm. decided, like, you know, can't send a 10-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> into Boston on their own because both my parents worked. Yeah. But it kind of stuck always in the back of my head that geez, maybe there's something is oh, in there. You I know, love that. That, uh, you know, so that and uh, I think... Uh, very the, inspiring. Right. First time I saw <clears throat> a, a Rembrandt painting over in the Reichs Museum, too. It's like... That mm. thing just, the colors just, you know, mm. just 
snap and still pop. You know, it's right. like you just amazed. I saw the night watch and I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so it's that, and, you know, seeing artwork by great masters like Rhett, Brent, you know, Renoir, mm. um, Van Gogh. I remember going to the Winslow Homer uh, mm. exhibit at the MFA and just seeing the stuff live, some of the yeah. stuff, you know, um, sometimes you sit there as an artist like, why am I bothering? I, that was what I was going <laughs> to ask. How does it actually feel, make you feel? Because, yeah, sometimes you can get that yeah. overwhelmed. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I can get that even from, like, observing the work from my peers. Some of the other pastel artists, you see those things. Like, I'm in the same show with them. Yeah. And you look at the, the, you know, the pieces and you say, why am I in this show? <laughs> <laughs> why did I get jokes? <laughs> when you look uh, at some of the other stuff. Right. What has been your greatest challenge with keeping up your art through the years? Primarily, uh, like I said, I, I work a job, you know, uh, so pretty much, you know, trying to balance that work life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a daughter. Um, so I used to take her to um, cheerleading camps, take her to softball, take her here and there. Because uh, both my wife and I work, but my wife worked more hours. So I was home, uh, earlier in the day yeah and so i was basically the caretaker for that mm -hmm. and a lot of times and taking her different places and then as i said my wife passed away she got sick and so mm -hmm. you know now you're running in and out of the hospitals to boston and oh, things boy. so you try to find things and now fortunately you know, my, my girlfriend she, she's a creative in her own right she loves photography and writing ah. so she's very uh, supportive of that so nice. Though, I, you know, she'll say, stop putting, you know, me before your artwork <laughs> and such. So, you know, um, but she understands a lot more of, like, yeah. you know, my need to, like, paint sure. here and there. Um, define success for you as an artist. I think uh, success, I don't know if it, if, if it's, uh, if I can define what success for me, I, I think a lot of times success is defined by others, what your peers think, you know, recognition. Mm. Things like that, oh, oh, you know, do you get awards? Do you, you know, how are you accepted by others for your artwork? Do, mm -hmm. do people actually seek you out and ask you, like, how did you do that? You know, um, you know do people come up to you and, and want to pick your brain? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Things of that nature, you know. Sure, it's it's great if you can sell paintings. We all want to sell artwork and sell paintings. But if I can do things like that, if, if I'm giving a, a, a demo or a teaching a class, you know, or something, and and people leave there with something, you know, that they didn't know before, then these are successes. Oh, you teach? Well, I, I don't have a, a, it's funny, people always say, do you teach? And I'm like, I don't have a place to teach, but I've done demos <laughs> oh, I see. and things. So nice. I've done that kind of teaching. Yeah. I did most recently the demo back in August for the Pastel Society of Maine. Oh, wonderful. Uh, but I've done demos for like a lot of local uh, okay. associations. The Pastel Society of Maine actually was the first nationally Nice mm. group that I've done a demo for, but I've done a lot for like local ones. I had one uh, group that I did a demo for, and they said, "Do you teach?" I said, "No, I really don't have the space." And they said, well, "We have this space." Mm. And then they said, "But you'd have to rent it for this. You'd have yeah. to pay for the heat. You'd have to pay for the electricity." <laughs> we have, have the space. I was like, you. "You know how much I'd have to charge people to like yeah, <laughs> you know, to pay for all that stuff?" No, thank you anyway. <laughs> so, what are you trying to have people take away from your demos? Uh, like I said, hopefully that they learn something new that they didn't, you know, realize you yeah. know, that a technique, uh, you know, how I apply, you know, my pastel 
to get certain effects. You mm. know, uh, it's such a mystery to me. I've got, I've got to watch one of these days. <laughs> yeah, the pastels are a real mystery. Um, okay, let's go talk about your Civil War battlefield and your scenes that you've done. You talked a little bit about where that inspiration came from. So at what point in your life did you decide, I need to start painting these? Uh, well, I used to actually do um, Civil War reenacting for a while Okay. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of um, most historical artists uh, in the Civil War genre, um, they paint what I tend to call testosterone-laden art. Mm-hmm. It's basically guys shooting each other. It's, yeah. it's their, their interpretation of like a specific battle, you know, maybe... Right. You know, a certain general leading the charge thing. So it's 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 figurative work, and they they they're great. I mean, some of them have been I've I've met some of them. Uh, I have friends. They're friends of mine on Facebook. I've actually hung out with some of them. They're great people, and they're great artists in their own rights and things. Mm-hmm. But um, I was trying to, uh, you know, I've always loved the history part, but I, to compare uh, to bring in the art part, I was trying to basically show um, that these places where these battles were fought are first and foremost beautiful landscapes. Mm. It's just something tragic or traumatic has happened here to change them in certain ways. So that's how I kind of incorporate the two of them. And I've used my artwork at times uh, to help with historic preservation, different groups. I had a a major show a number of years ago at the National Museum of Civil War Medicine. And prior to to my art show, their biggest fundraiser had raised them like $250. They had uh. sold like cookies. <laughs> After my art show, they had gotten, um, they had sold like close to $18,000 worth of artwork, in which they wow. got a good good chunk of money, you know, because I gave them a sliding scale on like uh, the percentages. So if they sold this much, yeah. it was like a 70-30 split. And yeah. If they sold this much, it was 65-35. So they had incentive that way. And plus they had a lot of, you know, a medicine museum. Um, they have a lot of doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, but actually the guy who, a person who bought the most artwork in that exhibit, he was a lawyer and he wasn't even on the uh, hmm. the promotion. It just happened to be, I, I was in a gallery in uh, Gettysburg at the time, a gallery called Gallery 30. And uh, they had some of the postcards for the exhibit. Okay. On the and a woman came in who knew me and knew my artwork, and she worked at Gettysburg College. Oh. And she saw the postcard, and the postcard was of a Civil War hospital. And I did a lot of hospital paintings yeah. for that exhibit, yeah. and uh, it was of the Sarah, it was of the um, one of the Patterson farms, and it wasn't the Sarah Patterson, that was a different one, but it was a Patterson farm. And she knew a guy who graduated Gettysburg who was a Patterson, whose relatives were related to that farm. Oh she gave him the postcard. Yeah. He came down and bought three paintings, including that painting. Wow. How about that? So, yeah, he was, like I said, he wasn't I even, love that. Yeah, he wasn't even on the, you know, the mailing list. Or oh, my goodness. That's, that's really cool. So how do you, you go to these sites and you take photos, or do you do some plein air painting as well? I, I do pretty much both. Mm-hmm. Um, I do more... You know, because there's no Civil War battlefields here in mm-hmm. New England. Mm-hmm. Though uh, where I live in Massachusetts, I explain to people all the time when they're driving on U.S. Route 1 south, especially, 
by this um, function hall called Spinelli's. Oh, yeah. They were actually driving over Civil War uh, training ground at that time. Oh, really? Yeah, it extended out. So they, the, at that, um, the edge of the, the training ground is, is where Spinelli's is. And there's actually a house um, on that same. It's like three or four uh, houses down from Spinelli's. There's a little side street and they have like a stockade fence. Yeah. On the other side of that stockade fence, there's a, a rock with a plaque that talks about the 17th oh Massachusetts. Um, a long time ago, the guy who lived there, I knocked on his door and asked him if I could come in and take a picture. He said, sure. Huh. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so we have that connection, and, you know, uh, to uh, you know, a lot of training and a lot because New England sent, you know, a lot of soldiers. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I had the, the, the memorial right in Saugus Center where I grew up, where my grandmother, my maternal grandmother lived. The cemetery is across the street, so you know, the Civil War headstones were right there. Mm. So I have Revolutionary War headstones as well, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in Saga Center and such. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, yeah, they're really beautiful. And your website is um, exactly what? Uh, Furavantifineart.com. It's a famous name, isn't it? Uh, I don't know how famous it is. And for the longest time, we, it was we were the only uh, Fioravanti's around. And then, you know, the next thing you know, um, yeah, I, I worked in Boston for a long time, and I worked with a, a lot of people who had come over from Italy. And it was funny every time I would go on vacation to Europe with my wife at the time, uh, you know, they would go, "You go to Italy?" I said, "No." I said, "Why are you not going to Italy?" I was like, "It's like I was, my in-laws live in Germany." <laughs> it's like. So we went to Germany. Uh, uh, they, they they weren't German. It's just my father-in-law worked for IBM, so okay. he moved over there. But um, you know, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't famous as far as I know. I mean, like I said, I'm in my high school's athletic college. Sounds like a race card. There's right. actually you're gonna you know you know believe it or not, there's actually <laughs> a guy it. who uh, <laughs> people like I said people would start giving me these things like Furavanti suits. Are they related to you? No. Oh. Um, back in like the 80s, there was, I think it was the 80s, there was like a lot of things going on, especially over in Europe. Um, really rich, well to do people were having like their kids kidnapped and ransomed for money. Oh. And one time there was a, somebody named Fioravanti who uh -huh. had his kid kidnapped. He was like a pastor, like, you know, baron or whatever. Uh -huh. So there's another one. And then there was this guy who uh, supposedly worked, I think. Either Ferrari or Lamborghini went off okay. on his own and made his Fioravanti cars. Okay. <laughs> so, ah. so yeah, so that came into, and there's actually uh, a Fioravanti artist that I believe like my aunt told me about. Uh, he's made bridges and, and things, you know, he's more of an architecture and everything, but okay. he was also an artist. But they're like in Russia and such, but he was oh, Italian. Yeah, but he liked, yeah. you know, so. But I think you're telling people, no, they're not related. You know, and then there was a Blue Cross Blue Shield commercial that came on, and there was this woman, Gigi Fioravanti. And they said, is that your sister? It's like, no, I don't even know who that is. And now there's an MMA fighter named Fioravanti. And there's, oh, there wow. was a few years ago, there was a Fioravanti swimmer from Italy who won a gold medal in the See? Olympics. So it's like, yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not the real famous one. Coming out of the wood. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Um, so how do you try to cult, um, cultivate a collector base? Do you try to go primarily through galleries or an online presence? Uh, well, I have my okay. online presence, um, but it's always been primarily through galleries. And uh, I kid people. <laughs> it's like, seems like every time I get in the gallery, the gallery closes not too long after. Because <laughs> I was in a gallery in, in uh, up in uh, Wells, Maine. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I was only in it for a year and he had seven of my paintings. He sold four of them. Mm. You know, and it was the Whitney galleries and then he closed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the gallery that I was in down in uh, Hamilton, one mass. Um, I was in that one for a while, but she retired and none of her kids wanted to. Yeah. So they closed it. Yeah. Um, the gallery I was in up in the Gunquit, Maine, they closed it. No, no. <laughs> it's like, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, Nancy? hopefully Nancy's not listening, you know, <laughs> and then I'm jinxing her. <laughs> so, <laughs> we won't tell her. yeah, she oh. seems to be in a good spot though. And she seems to like have a yeah. good client base. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Um, so, but most of my collectors have usually come through the gallery. Okay. Uh, I mean, people have reached out to me on, on my website, but it seems I get more and more of those, like, you know, Hey, I saw my wife looking at you know over her shoulder. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. And haven't like, we all got those a yeah, couple times? It's sure. crazy. Yeah, and they can't. You know, oh. all the English is like really yeah, like yeah. cryptic and everything. <laughs> it's like I just laugh at them. I know. <laughs> um, how about Facebook and Instagram? Are you on there? Yeah, I do have Facebook. I just started Instagram not too long ago with the help of my girlfriend Donna. Oh, right. She helped me set it up. So, yeah. and I do have a blog called Painting the Soul of America. Oh, you I do. just I just don't update it as frequently oh. as I should. Is uh, that connected to your it's, website? It's, there's actually a link on my oh, website. Is. Yes. Okay, nice. Um, a lot of times uh, what I do with the blog, I don't I don't usually use the blog for a sense of like, hey, this is what I'm painting, this is how you paint it uh, that way. But what I usually will do is I'll put a painting out there and I'll give like a background of the painting. Okay. Like I'll post when I post on Facebook, I usually give a background or, or like something that might have inspired me right. stories like about the painting. Right. And that's what usually goes on the blog. The blog and a lot of I times when, when I put the paintings on Facebook, people will say, I love the painting. I love the story. Hmm. <laughs> I have one out there right now called Hanging with the Boys. <laughs> okay. It's a couple of a couple of lobster buoys like yeah. hanging on the side of a, yeah. a shack. Nice. So, yeah. I missed that one somehow. Yeah, I just put it out actually about a uh, couple of days ago, okay. maybe about the beginning of this week. Yeah. Um, so five years. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be with this in five years? Yeah. <laughs> I was like looking at that question. I was like, five years. <laughs> I, I'm like going over. It's like heck. A lot of times I can't, you know, think of like, where do I want to be tomorrow? <laughs> What's going on tomorrow? It's just life? a nice journey. Yeah, it's pretty much you know. So yeah, it, that's that's exactly it. It's going to be a journey. So mm-hmm. you know, and the best thing about journeys is, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, you have those mistakes. You know, I was early for dropping off the painting at the Connecticut Pastel yeah. Society. Yeah. So it turned into a good journey because we found this waterfall called Yantic Falls, yeah. and found it really. So those are the things. It's that's that's the thing. I want to explore more into like other areas of the of this country and, and mm. such you know so if anything i want to basically have to be able to capture those things nice. so first i'll have to retire right <laughs> right know? right but uh, I, I'm, I'm not ready there i'm not, not there yet i can't retire yet <laughs> uh, so in this next five years what are you going from projects well yeah well we'll see if this comes to fruition and it, i and i have no doubt that it will and it actually interrelates my civil war in my artwork, but there's a group, a preservation group, and an education group called the Blue and Gray Education Society, of which I'm a member. They're based down in Virginia, and they actually approached me not so long ago about uh, maybe running a tour. Oh. So where basically people would actually come in and paint on the battlefield. Wow. So it, it wouldn't happen until maybe 2021, but hey, that's so cool. we'll talk more about that. But that's like the big thing that I could potentially be doing wow. if it continues on you know so we'll see how that goes that's cool <coughs> very interesting all righty so if, <coughs> if you could spend the day with any pastor or present living painter 
Um, who would it be? What would you want to do? I would love to spend time <laughs> with Winslow Homer, just sitting on, you know, spending time like, you know, with Emma during, because right now we probably have a lot of surf. We've had a lot of surf just recently. Oh my gosh. Uh, with hurricanes oh. coming by. There's so many different, uh, Winslow Homer, I mean, um, it would be great to, to be with, uh, I'd love to see, you know, just hang out with Jackson Pollock for a little while. He doesn't paint anything like, like anything yeah. I do, but I've seen some of his work especially at the Fog Art Museum in, in uh, at Harvard. Yeah. And uh, you sit there and uh, it's just like, it's like, it's all just drips and you just mesmerized by it. Right. You know, um, it's the same with like- Would Van you like to watch him do it? I would, I'd like to just, watch, just sit and watch him do it. I mean, I, I saw uh, Ed Harris do it in the movie. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the movie with Ed Harris in it, but uh, I saw him do it. And so I'm assuming he, you know, researched the, uh, how we went about doing it, but right. that'd be interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Frederick Remington would be great. Uh, and then there's just like a lot of people, you know, that are current. Uh, there's an oil painter. He lives down like in the Pennsylvania area, I believe. Peter Fury. I love the way he handles light. Um, that name's really familiar. Yeah. If you're looking up, it's F-I-O-R-E. Hmm. Uh, and uh, he, I just like the way he his, his light is captioned and his colors and such. And then his pastelists, um, you know, I'd love to hang out more with like, you know, this guy, Aaron Schur, I've never met him. Mm -hmm. uh, he, I have him on Instagram and uh, I see his, his work. Uh, and then there's um, there's local artists that I know, like Jeannie Rossier-Smith and, and Jacob Aguilar and Liz Haywood Sullivan. Um, these are uh, people that, you know, contemporaries and such, yeah. but I'd still love to just like get them, yeah. just hang out with them. Yeah. You know, I used to, uh, he, he passed away a couple of years ago, Frank Federico down in uh, Connecticut. And he used to always come up to, uh, Gloucester every year and do a um, oh. a workshop at the North Shore Art Association, yeah. and uh, he uh, one year I had a broken toe and he he called me up. He goes, "Why don't you come and 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 see me?" I was like, "All right." He goes, "Why don't you bring your oils?" I said, "Frank, I really don't paint in oils a lot," because I knew him from the Connecticut Pastel Society. He goes, "Oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine." So I show up with my you know my oil box and. Uh, he goes, oh, we're only going to use the three primaries. <laughs> I was like, Frank, what are you doing? He goes, oh, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> so he, he gives me a panel. Uh, he used to tone his panels yellow. And uh, you build up, you know, from there, you know, your, your colors from mm -hmm. that yellow panel. And so I found a bench because, I, like I said, I had a broken toe. I couldn't stand. So I found a bench and I'm starting to paint. And I'm painting away and I, I, I look up. I said, I waved to Frank to come over. He goes, what? And I go, I thought we were doing oils. She goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, I see a person over there doing watercolors, another person doing pastel, and another person doing <laughs> acrylics. I said, well, I thought we were doing oils. I was, oh, no, you're doing oils. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Frank. <laughs> oh, funny. So, yeah, and he used to love uh, when uh, he was like the only one that could pronounce my last name. So when I would go to, to the Connecticut Pastel Society, he always used to like say, hey, it's Jeff Fioravanti. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Frank. Nice intro there. Yeah. So, oh. so yeah, so he's another person that unfortunately he's, he's gone, but he's, he was a great, mm. you know, person. I loved to, love to hang out with him even more. All right. In closing, what is your strangest or most memorable, funny painting or teaching experience? Well, I just gave you some of Frank's things, but mm -hmm. there's a, a thing I did. Uh, actually, I, I know, uh, like, as I said, I, I've gone down to Pennsylvania a lot, battlefields, and there's a, uh, a national park ranger, Troy Harmon, his wife, Lisa, is an art teacher in, in Bigleville. And she asked me to come down and uh, 
talk to her art class or seniors, you know, okay. about um, making you know, basically, yeah, no, <laughs> about about the world of artwork. She, she's a real teacher here. She's I, a real like teacher. This. She's a real good artist too, in her own right. Uh, um, she asked me to come down and uh, and talk to the people down in her her class, you know, and uh, so and I'm I'm in the front of the class, and before it starts, I write on the board, A R H T. And I asked the kids, I said, how do you pronounce that? And they go, art. I said, now you know what I'll be talking about. <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah, so that was that. And then there's time for Linfield Art Guild. I was doing a demo and I, I do underpainting where I lay down, you know, uh, pretty much local colors and I wash it with alcohol. And I just finished that and the woman in the front um, says, well, I think that's done. I said, okay, goodbye. <laughs> I said, you want to buy it now? She goes, well, I don't want to yeah, buy yeah. it. <laughs> I was oh, like, well, oh, then it's not done then, is it? It's not ready for you to buy. Oh, how funny. <laughs> so, so, yeah, those are, you know, the things, um, yeah. you know, that if like, that stick with you that have been right. kind of funny. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I love your work. It's really beautiful. People need to get on your website, fiaravantifineart.com. And what's your Instagram? Uh, it's the same, Fioravanti Fine Art. Okay. Yeah, pretty we'll find much. find you on there. Yep, you'll find me on there. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming up today. Thank you. It's been great. All right. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.